0: I used to see as a kid, right? Like house with someone building a life, you know, children, but I'm now seeing it in a different light. I'm seeing it in like a way that feels like free, like freeing and comfortable. Whereas before it used to feel pretty restrictive. And that's entirely because of the fact that I I know that that, that can be my home base, but it doesn't have to be my entire life.
1: Welcome back to I'm the Villain. So today it's just DeAndre and I. and oh, been, finally. Oh, I know. And <laughs> we've been having, like, honestly, a lot of shit going on in a good way, like yeah. in our relationship. So I felt like that was a, kind of a good thing for us to talk about. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. It's feeling pretty wavy recently.
1: hmm.
0: And, you know, I think I think it's good that the thesis of this episode is going to be like mostly positive. Mm hmm we talk about a lot of sad shit but it's also
1: it's also it's also negative too right i think at least for me like i i'm going through like a lot of struggle so let me just let me talk about like what what's going on with me first then maybe we can do you
2: (laughs) yeah sure Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so also like
0: we're rolling the dice a little bit with this episode because like you know we're gonna talk about people that we're pretty sure don't even listen to the show
1: okay look (laughs) if you know if you are if you are friends with our significant other just you know don't snitch
0: yeah just chill <laughs> jesus
1: yeah <laughs> so um yeah so basically where do i even start so I, you know I, I moved to philly in june and then at the end of july i started hooking up with my neighbor who is friends <laughs> with my significant other and also like literally lives in the house, like that, sh- he, like shares a wall with me in the house. Immediately connected to ours, I can literally walk out of my window and like into <laughs> his window. <laughs> and um, I actually
0: didn't know that last part.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's right. He's literally like right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so funny.
1: Yeah, and um, so. And Well, and and, like it's been awesome, but also just the fact that he's like right there means that I have like very easy access and like, you know, I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, but I have been like pretty sexually frustrated in my relationship in like, you know, the past couple of years purely just because I have a high libido and it's just not, you know, I, I don't want my like to force my significant other to have to be the sole kind of provider of Sex for me because that feels shitty. I don't want to like pressure him to have sex with yeah. me, right? And both of us basically kind of agreed, like, oh, you know, that's okay. Like, you know, I can just go find this somewhere else, right?
0: Yeah. And that works really well in the context of your long distance relationship, right?
1: totally, totally. And I loved being long distance, but you know, I very much was like, okay, well, I moved here in the first place because it was mainly something that you know, Asher wanted, and like, he. And so I was like, okay, this isn't something that is a strong conception of like what I think a romantic relationship has to be necessarily, but I'm in a place in my life where this is pragmatically like pretty easy for me to come move to Philly. Like there's not a super good reason not to, right? Um, yeah. And so like I did that last year. It was a shit show because we were living in this six person group house where I like just, and then the pandemic happened and I was getting like just overwhelmed, right? With all of the changes all happening at the same time. So I jumped ship. Went back to DC for a year and then I just moved back here in June, right? And so this time has been a lot better because, like, we have friends next door. I like them. And, like, that was my main concern in terms of moving here was just being able to have friends because I didn't know people in Philly, right? And then it (laughs) turns out they're really good friends.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So, was your transition to Philly like, I feel like I recall you and Asher's arrangement not being as like well defined in terms of you two living together because that was a big moment for you two, right? You had never lived together before, and I feel like I remember talking to you about and like you feeling generally unsure as like how that was going to affect the like openness of your relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first moved here, I think I was like I t- tend to just generally have a difficult I find that living with people is like my most difficult relationship to maintain like I feel like for some people it's like their parents or like you know their whatever right but for me it's like my uh roommates or whoever I'm living with right is that I just tend to get very I I just really don't like when people tell me what to do basically and so (laughs) like when I'm living with someone and they have these particular like you know incongruencies with me about like you know how clean they want the place to be or like whatever it is right like that definitely rubs me the wrong way um but in terms, yeah, I, I I, just think that both of us didn't really know, like, if we were going to be hooking up with other people, like, what that dynamic was going to look like if now we're living together, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, in retrospect, with all of this stuff that's going on now, it would be a lot easier, right, if, you know, given the particular, like, sets of needs that I have and that Asher has, like, it would be so much easier if we were not living together, Right. Cause like, then I could just sort of like hook up with whoever I want and I don't have to worry about like, oh, is Asher going to be home during like these particular hours? Like I have to then know his schedule super well to like, cause he doesn't really want to come home basically and see me or like be around me hooking up with somebody else like in our house. Right. Yeah. That's a little, you know, a lot. just a lot. Right. And I, I don't know. Would you feel like that would be a lot for you also? That's probably yeah, a normal absolutely. thing. It should- would definitely
0: be be a lot for me.
1: Yeah. And so and and so that's one question is that we've been thinking through is like, what does like does, quote unquote, normal even mean anything? Right. Like this conception of like, oh, I'm feeling bad about this. And I think that there's this impulse to be like, oh, like, should I feel bad about this? Is this a quote unquote, like a normal thing to feel bad about? But I also feel like one question we've sort of been grappling with is like, do we even care? In my mind, it's sort of a question of if we're already doing something alternative. Right. That's not the norm. Right. Like, I feel it personally as if it never makes sense to ask, like, is it normal to feel this way? Because you're just going to, you're going to feel it no matter what. Right. And I guess the only difference is how sort of like self-flagellating you're going to feel for feeling those like negative feelings. If you think it's like justified or not. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's like feeling of comfort and community
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and a feeling of, okay, there's precedent for this and like, Mm -hmm. I'm not. Kind of crazy i'm thinking about the only like one of the only times that like feeling part of a crowd has felt cathartic to me which is like i went to therapy for the first time mm-hmm. and the therapist was like i told her like at the time i was like yo i feel like i can't be happy outside of a relationship this is my background this is my home life this is how i grew up like what's up and like in the first the very first session she was like oh yeah dude it's normal like you had these things happen during your childhood you're trying to fill like you're trying to fill voids that you created with re- relationships makes a lot of sense
2: mm-hmm.
0: we see people do it all the time and that felt very cathartic in that moment
2: mm, okay so
0: you know i i think like in this maybe that that's like in the same way that like it, something feeling diagnosable feels like there's a solution to it right
1: yeah got it i mean but yeah. i see what you mean right, right right yeah sort of like you know yeah, in my mind, I very much have this mentality of like, okay, well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter how other people feel. You could be the only person in the world who cares about like coming home and seeing me having sex with someone else and that would still be valid, you know?
0: Yeah, it would be valid and and yeah, it's your relationship. So you should right. advocate for yourself.
1: Right. So like in my mind, I were the thing that is really like most difficult about this is that both of us process emotions just like extremely, extremely differently, right? And so a lot of it has to do with like, you know, now that I am, you know, hooking up with this person, I think on an ideological basis, he's very much like, you know, Asher is very much like, I want you to be able to do like the things you want to do and pursue the things that you, you know, find just, you know, that I want you to be able to live your life the way you want to, right? But Uh obviously like that has negative repercussions for me and how do i deal with those emotions right and so for me like the way i deal with my emotions is extremely like i feel an emotion i cry it's over you know yeah (laughs) and it's just like really not the same for him it's very much like okay you have to sit with it and like it just like stews and stews and stews and like kind of like you know takes up your whole day and that's a lot more it's just a lot more difficult for him to like you know it's just totally the opposite of the way i process my emotions so i am like going through this process of trying to figure out how to empathize with that in a way yeah. that is helpful you know
0: yeah i mean taking a step back i think that we never really said or clearly articulated like what exactly the issue is and i maybe it'll be helpful just to say it like out loud so like is the issue that um where you're like supportive of you know openness slash non-monogamy in theory but in practice it's making people feel bad
1: yeah i think basically it's just that like um i haven't had a situation before in which uh like it's been threatening in any way right like i mainly just like hook up with people and you know it's fine or whatever but it hasn't been like an ongoing like recurring thing and it hasn't been like this and like literally like easy access you know what i (laughs) mean like
0: (laughs) the barrier so low yeah right
1: right exactly yeah so it's just a lot of steps kind of happening all at the same time
0: yeah you know and you're finding it difficult to not go full throttle
1: yes for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: um yeah and you know it's hard because like it's also like from your standpoint you know what is there that you can do obviously you can like comply in terms of requests for frequency of sex that you have with your neighbor Mm -hmm. but if you you know agree on the principle of what you're doing you know in terms of not monogamy then then and asher's having you know bad feelings about Um, like primacy or value or whatever it's really hard for you to do anything about that right because you like you're like you can only uh, kind of regurgitate the principles that you believe in right like Mm -hmm. me having sex with somebody else doesn't devalue you right but if you know how do you make someone believe that slash is that even your job to make someone believe that i still don't know the answer to that question as someone that's been doing non-monogamy for a long time you know
1: right right and it also i think calls into question things like you know what does primacy actually mean right yeah because like (laughs) you know it's sort of like oh well if you spend more time having sex with somebody else does that mean that they're your primary sex partner or like what yeah what does it mean you know
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah i think (laughs) that
1: is it just a function of time is it a function of like how you feel about it like you know
0: yeah i think the answer to that for me is like the, the the true decoupling of of sex from your relationship at like primacy calculation almost i don't know maybe that's too radical but like it it, it seems like you two have already acknowledged that you're not on the same level here right mm-hmm. so like yeah almost by definition if you're really trying to rectify this problem then like sexually he will never be that right your primary quote unquote Mm-hmm. I don't feel like but so I've never you know I've never like thought about primacy in in relation to sex it's valid because sex is an important part of a relationship but
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that's a big thing of primacy in relation to like emotional shit
1: right and what's interesting is that in like I've been doing a lot of just like researching and like you know following all of these poly people on Instagram and stuff like that and it seems like one sort of trend that's happening in the poly world generally is like this switch from like a vocabulary away from hierarchical terms like primary, secondary, et cetera, because it does definitely feel like it can't be anything but shitty for someone to be called your quote unquote secondary, right? Yes, that feels bad it no can't, matter what. It
0: can't. It can't be anything but feel bad.
1: Right. So like now it seems like the communists are sort of transitioning towards these more non-hierarchical terms like your anchor partner or your nesting partner if you live with them, right? and like things like that
0: (laughs) yeah man i don't know i mean this actually does this specific point i think connects to like my transition and mindsets that we've had in the in our last couple of months in the sense of like (laughs) i feel like i've got almost the opposite yeah why don't you talk about your thing well i've settled more into the idea of my my you know primary partner, for lack of a better, for my anchor partner I think also works too for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Ha- like I've settled into the idea of being comfortable with them taking, pri- like being my primary partner in the sense mm-hmm. that like, you know, I think you and I have spoken about how like avoiding hierarchy makes a lot of sense until you got to make some decisions about who you're going to spend your time with
2: mm-hmm.
0: and who's going to come to events or do whatever, 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 you know. and. For me, that has taken shape in the pandemic of being like, oh, like, you know, me and this person, the person that, you know, I've been dating for four years, we spend three to four days a week together. And um and we're like life building together and we're thinking long term. And that is a privilege that none of my other partners get. Yeah. You know? And some of them have, have even expressed desire. For those like not the life building thing, but for like for more time and more attention, right? And like, there's not there's not a hard budget, and you know I we like flex as needed, but um, there are some things that you know I'm not really willing to negotiate on. For example, like like you know my anchor partner, primary partner, whatever you, my PA partner, <laughs> um, like. You know, I'm going to go on trips with them. I'm. They're going to spend, I'm going to be spending most of my time with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And then that, so uh, the, in that way, like shifting in language feels a little disingenuous to me. Like, I don't think that, I don't think I'm in favor of like promoting hierarchy, you know, mm-hmm. cause I do think that those kinds of words can have hurtful side effects, but it still doesn't really solve the issue of, you know, who are you going to spend your time with?
1: Well, here's my question. Since you've actually... I haven't spent time literally, like, dating other people. Like, I've really just been having sex with other people, right? Um, yeah. And I don't know even whether we're going to get to the point where, you know, Asher feels comfortable, like, literally dating other people and, like, for me, having, like, romantic feelings for other people. But yeah. um, I'm curious as to whether you're, you've ever had experiences, like, where your other partners have, like wanted to sort of like like upgrade their position in your life and like how you have sort of negotiated that
0: yeah i mean i think it's been i think it's been i think the so the answer to your question is kind of yes mm-hmm. right no one's ever said i need to feel like i stand up to your anchor partner more right mm-hmm. like no one's ever like said so people have said I feel a little jealous sometimes. People have said X and Y. No one's ever made a request of me in that way. People have requested that I be more intentional with my time, that you know, I schedule weekly things. And for those kinds of requests, I'm very, very accommodating generally. I feel like they're very fair, right? Yeah. Like someone like with one of my my most recent partner, she was like I feel like when plans needed to get moved around, I'm the first to get moved slash like, I don't, you're not very good at telling me the things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And I thought that those things were mostly very fair and that I'm very happy to accommodate that kind of stuff. Cause like, I don't, you know, I care about these people. And like you, like you said, I'm dating these people. Like, I'm not just like having sex with any of them. So it means that I value them as human beings. I mean, you should always value whoever you're with as human, as a human being. Like PSA, even if you're just having sex with them, but it means that like I'm 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 in I'm in a role that is more than just sexual, right? Like I'm here to also do some like some feelings caretaking, some emotional intelligence, some emotional energy, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So the short answer is like yes, kind of, but no one has been straight up like, look, I I need you to upgrade me from like secondary or tertiary to like you know a bigger role Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and if they were i would probably say no if i'm being completely honest Mm -hmm. right like i with my partners that aren't the person who i refer to as my pa partner (laughs) (laughs) um with with my with my other people you know i kind of made it very clear at the beginning like yeah i have someone that i've been dating for a very long time they, you know, I love them very much. They're gonna come first in a lot of these ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And anyone seeking to change that will will fail. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I but I, I'm also in this I'm also in this moment right now where like I don't I don't feel happy with how I've been managing my my time and my schedule. And I do feel like, you know, I have to make some concessions in places that I don't know where yeah
2: <laughs> yeah I'm
0: bad at I'm bad at saying no to people but I also feel very stressed for time because it seems like we're both starting to rethink or expand our definitions of what this can look like for us I mean for me I never thought the marriage is on the table
1: yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know like yeah totally
0: I mean and this is I mean and this is partly because of the fact that you know I had like a gross nasty breakup that really like turned me away from the whole thing
1: and I bet there's a lot of people who who kind of turn to poly because of that. They're like disillusioned with the concept of monogamous romantic love. And they're like, fuck it. I'm going to do something totally new.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's what that was me. Yeah. Right. I was like, literally like, okay, this can't like, this can't be it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: It's too volatile. Mm-hmm. It's not secure enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And which I think is hilariously kind of at odds with how people think about polyamory in general in terms of security. Right. But. Um beyond from that, yeah. No, I was just like very anti and like for a lot of the reasons that I think are still valid, right? Like it is weird to have the government in your shit, you know? Like it's weird it's weird to tie yourself to a person um generally when Mm -hmm. you don't have to. You know, like and it's weird to try to insert like a polyamorous viewpoint into a thing that is very much like traditionally kind of not for that right mm-hmm. at least in like at least in the western like american hemisphere of thinking you know like marriage has always been pretty monogamous right because mm-hmm. i think there are other cultures that like have marriages between more than
1: like, yeah, I mean, but I think what's interesting is that in those cultures, it seems regressive as opposed to progressive. Like there are polygynous yeah. societies where men have like these harems of women. But that's like definitely not like, you know, based on a presumption of any sort of equality and there's relationships yeah. and stuff like that. Right? And there are
0: fucking reality shows about that in <laughs> in the U.S., right? Like polygamous people, mm-hmm. specifically like one guy that has, I guess, like a lot of wives or whatever.
1: Right. And it's like. That's not exactly what we're try- <laughs> trying to espouse here, right? Like,
0: yeah, no. I mean, yeah. You know,
1: right. And, so. but also, I'm curious from like a, you know, I feel like you entered into Polly coming from a space of this disillusioned romantic sort of, yes. Right. And I, like, I wonder whether or not you could see yourself having this sort of like, whirlwind romance with someone in which you really like like could have these like intense emotions in a way that you didn't feel like you could control and how that would affect your you know anchor relationship
0: yeah i so i think the answer is yes
1: yes you could see that happening
0: yeah i think i could see it happening but not in the same way that it did before right like okay and this like in this like my last whirlwind crazy thing was with someone who I was very, very good friends with and had been very good friends with a long time. Um, Anyone that knows me knows the story. And it was, you know, we've been friends for like four or five years. And then we like embarked down this romantic road and it was a fucking crazy ass whirlwind. It was insane. It was like fireworks, roller coasters, like sexting, sex like mad, insane, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't think that I will ever have a relationship that is as, that was as explosive and as volatile as that one ever again. Yeah. And um, I think that it's because, especially in the lens of like me having been dating one person for a very long time, um, my life just doesn't have the room or time for that, right? Like (laughs) I, I feel like because I'm living through this lens of polyamory where I, you know, do have like the ability to nurture other romantic relationships. If I like felt a really strong spark with somebody, I would, you know, I text them, I text them when I could, and we would be living those sparks, I think, <laughs> you know, at maximum once a week. <laughs> right. Like,
1: right. Cause that's, I mean, like, so, no matter what. But it sounds like it's it's the kind of thing where, like, even if you did feel this emotional connection, it's not like you would you would ever get to a point where you'd be like, OK, fuck, I have to drop everything and like, you know, lean into spending time with this person.
0: Yeah, no, because I don't believe in that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I, like I think one of the takeaways from my last whirlwind thing is that it was too unfettered. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that you a lot of people will have this like one crazy ass, you know, sparks flying relationship like I did. Mm -hmm. and it's it was exciting and really really dope but in many ways like the lack of boundaries and the lack of like control over everything it made it a very unhealthy situation right Mm -hmm. so like i'm not i'm not down for that anymore generally right so if i'm really excited about somebody and we have like great chemistry and i really want to smash them like that's all really dope and i'm going to really enjoy feeling that excitement within myself um but i'm 100% going to change the way that I act, act or act upon it, right? Like before I felt like I was like very much a slave to my emotions in the now. And I think that if you're doing a version of polyamory where you are like dating, dating multiple people and not just like smashing, right? You, um, like the, the 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 acting out of emotions in the now is just not really on the table anymore. There's not time for it if you're going to do it healthily. My shit has to be pre-planned and, and to some degree, right? Like I have to, because if I'm going to do something with somebody new, especially, I'm, I have to tell my primary partner about it, right? Or my anchor partner about it. So, you know, it's going to be like, I'm going on a date with this person. And then, you know, she's going to ask me how it was when I got back and I'm going to happily tell her, oh, it was really dope and it was really exciting. I'm always going to have you know, I'm always going to have to respect my time with my PA partner. Right. Like I'm going to have to. So just by nature of that, I can't be I can't be sexting with somebody like mad. Right. I can't <laughs> be like I can't be getting nudes on the phone and it's 7 p.m. and I'm having dinner with Shorty. Right. Like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and like, It's going to have to be a lot more structured. And I think that's good for me in this moment, you know, in ram my life right right like right now you know like i don't know i think that if i were doing the the non-monogamous thing in college and i had the pull that i have now in terms of like i was hot i'm (laughs) hot now and i wasn't hot in college right so i was not
1: missed opportunity
0: yeah i was not hot in college so i didn't have the opportunity to be like yo i'm fucking shorties or whatever but yeah if i was if i was do if i was as hot as i am now back then i would have been sling and it would have been ridiculous and i would have been like unfettered and i would have probably just slutted up the decisions. whole town yeah <laughs> um but the me the me now it's just not me anymore yeah you know so mm-hmm. like i'll just you know i'll i will have to hold whatever excitement i feel about that person until the next time that i see them
1: yeah <laughs> i mean that's the thing is that like I, there's a part of me i'm not i don't really identify as being like a romantic at all right i yeah. i definitely identify more as being along the line you know along the lines of like what you're talking about but there is a part of me that like in in even wanting to be poly in the first place that that has this sense of like wow like i don't want to have this relationship that i'm in mean that i totally forgo the possibility of having this crazy whirlwind thing because to me that's sort of like i do sort of identify that as like the stuff of life you know yeah
0: like the super exciting shit.
1: yeah and yeah. I'm like, and i sort of like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, am I just becoming an old fucking like boring adult who just is like, oh, well, I can't fit this whirlwind romance in my schedule. So like, guess that's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's you not know I mean? going to happen. I mean, like that happens regardless of whether or not you're polyamorous, though, right? Like we're fucking old and all of our friends have packed schedules, especially the ones even the ones that are monogamous. Mm-hmm. You you're kind of special because you are. You know, trying to start a business, you're like, you know, well, you're like actually, yeah. What's time. what's
1: kind of unique about this whole situation is that both of these people, like that, I like all the people around me are like <laughs> quasi unemployed now. I'm yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, when I was dating, when I started dating my second partner, I was at the time very, very excited. Like, I felt like very hyped and wanted to see them a lot. And, but they were also super busy. And that was the primary determiner of how often we could see each other, right? Like, I would be like, oh, my God, like, that was great. I want to see her tomorrow or whatever. And like and she was like, oh, dude, I can I can see you in a week and a half. And it's because we were both like, you know, quote unquote, busy, yuppie millennials. So, like, that's another thing that won't allow for. The craziness, right? (laughs) Um, I guess like the, the synthesis or like the reason why I was talking about like hierarchy and primacy is because. This is really translated to me thinking about like long-term shit and like life building. And I find myself returning to the same kind of like, I f- I'm feeling attracted to life building and the way that I was when I was like growing up in the South as a child and like, what you know, would fantasize about having this kind of like, you know, cool, like, but somewhat conventional lifestyle. I'm finding myself returning to fantasizing about some of- like having a similar dream to that, but now it's in the frame in the in the frame of like, I you know I really can see myself being with someone long term, perhaps even getting married, as long as I can still fuck, <laughs> you know, like, and it it you know I, you know I feel like my brief turn away from those things was because I was disillusioned with the possibility of being happy with anyone long term ever, and. I'm not, you know, I've really softened on that stance, and in, in turn, softened on like the idea of getting married in general. I still think the idea of getting married as a monogamous person is pretty fucking bash it and cra- bashed it crazy. <laughs> um, as someone that is now dating someone for a very long time and like feel very kind of comfortable, and like the thoughts of like building a life with somebody are kind of creeping into my head and not freaking me out like they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see the shit that I used to see as a kid, right? Like house with someone building a life, you know, children. Um, and it doesn't, uh, but I'm now seeing it in a different light. I'm seeing it in like a way that feels like free, like freeing and comfortable. Whereas before it used to feel pretty restrictive and that's entirely because of the fact that I don't, I I know that, that, that can be my home base, but it doesn't have to be my entire life, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I'm with someone and I'm, I've arranged my life. So, so to say that, you know, I feel like I can enter into a lifetime commitment or an expected lifetime commitment with someone, um, quite frankly, because it means that I'm giving up less, right? Like, I don't, uh, there's not, it feels like it's not as dire (laughs) for lack of better phrasing because I'm not committing to only sleeping or having feelings for one person for the rest of my life.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: feel like I'm committing to life building.
1: But what sort of prompted that softening? Was there some sort of
0: catalyst? I think that, so me and my PA partner, hit a really good stride in the pandemic, right? We were like, we were like, we're gonna see each other on the weekends, maybe one day during the week. And that was our schedule and it was set firm. And everything else had steered clear of that um, or everything else had like steered away from that because it was the pandemic and all my fucking plans were completely gone, right? I had to, I had to start from scratch. And so, and for a little bit, it felt like I really got to build my life the way I wanted to. And, um. And, you know, we got into a nice group. We took trips. We were just like, you know, it just really felt like the pandemic like, focus grouped our relationship in the way that it, you focus group every relationship that you that you have romantically in the pandemic because you're like making decisions as to whether or not you want to potentially catch COVID and die from this person. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: and for us, that structure really worked. And I started feeling very, very like comfortable in a way that I hadn't felt before. And it was like, it wasn't like, I'd always felt like comfortable as a human with this person, but I don't know what it was, something like I started to feel more comfortable planning my future. I used to be very, very, very protective of my future and like defensive of it. And something, you know, I, I something about having this regular structure and this regular set aside time with my partner, um, facilitated long-term life-building thinking and framing you know and and then i'm like damn like like the idea of getting married doesn't sound so fucking crazy now but it's only if i can do this the way i want to do it and not in the way that not in the way that other people tell me i have to do it right and so then the, so then the logical thinking comes to like okay so if you you can still commit your life to somebody but why would you ever want to get married and i do i i am still grappling with like some of the more um like how much of like my softening on this recently slash like my proper, like my desire to do so is coming from like just being like oh my god like that would be fun or
1: but like what like what, what what is fun about it exactly? like would your relationship look any different from the way it actually looks now?
0: Not really. it would be it would be joint taxes, which is cool. It would be some power of attorney stuff, which is cool. It would be making it easier to adopt a child, which is a big one for us, I think. And you know, that's kind of it. That's like the legal shit that would make it that would make it like make sense for us, you know. But there is a lot of the like, damn, I do. I am feeling like I want to celebrate my union, you know, which is not a feel that I felt in a very long time. But I'd be like, damn, you know, it would be cool to like, like really like solidify quote unquote, you know, and I know that all of this is like not really nothing's ever solidified. Right. But it would be cool to like put a nice little like union stamp on my relationship with this person and have a nice party and have a nice honeymoon and you know, have your friends like recognize you. (laughs) So yeah, that's like, that is like the shift that's happening in my mind recently. Ironically, because I feel like I've (laughs) settled more or settled like gotten more comfortable with primacy because before it was like, I very much subscribe to like primacy is weird and hierarchy is weird. And then it quickly, you know, it quickly be- became apparent to me that even if you think it's weird, you're gonna have to make some tough decisions. So in practice, there's no way to get around it. And you know, I, I want to have a level of primacy with my PA partner that I don't have with other people because it makes me, it makes me feel more secure in that way.
1: Would you really have to make tough decisions if like? other that so like adopting a kid makes sense right but like are there really other like you know tough decisions that would have to necessitate like that level of engaging with defining your well, relationship in that way
0: well i think the biggest one is who what are you how are you going to build your life yeah like this is to me this is the one that's inescapable right it's mm-hmm. like so if you are doing true kind of like non-hierarchy, everyone is quote unquote on the same level. Yeah. Then what happens when one person moves and they want you to move with them? Mm -hmm. Right. What happens when another person is like, is like, I can't believe you would move with them. Like, what about me here? Like I'm, I, you know, I'm supposed to be as meaningful to you as whatever. There's only one you is what I'm saying. Right. So like,
2: yeah.
0: And you can only be, yeah, well, I was gonna say you can only be with one person at a time but that's not true that's why there are triples and quadruples and whatever but
2: mm-hmm. I'm
0: not someone that is trying to be dating or trying to be living in a house with two people that I'm dating at the same time you know yeah. and to me that seems like the only way you can get around that kind of life building stuff is if you take everyone and move with you yeah and I'm <laughs> not <right>. gonna <laughs> yeah let's all get in the fucking moving van, van. together yeah and that's not gonna I don't want to do that that's not gonna happen for me right right so so to me that's the major decision that has to be made Mm -hmm. and you know i don't feel like my time in dc is necessarily coming to an end but it's getting closer so
1: moving is definitely yeah basically the other big one that i can think of other than like having kids together that would be really like necessitate being like okay like where am i gonna live yeah what's gonna happen here yeah those are yeah i feel like in my mind those are pretty much like the two big ones Maybe there's like stuff around, like once we get older, there's stuff around like healthcare and stuff that also starts coming into play as well.
0: Yeah, and you know? like you know, I uh, I feel like the way that I'm speaking my right now could come across as kind of brutal. I don't towards know. who towards the towards anyone that is not my PA partner. Oh, like, sure. I'm dating, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know, I I I want to be clear that i think that setting your expectations and intentions is very important and i you know set my expectations and intentions with all these people that like i'm i want to be you know connected to you emotionally romantically but that i'm life building with this other person and they know that um so you know i think you can still be a very like caring and loving partner whilst you know having an anchor partner that isn't that person
1: yeah, I think, yeah, like, for me, I've sort of, like, been traveling in the opposite direction. I think partially the reason for that is because I don't have these big, like, you know, conceptions of, like, I'm going to adopt a kid at some point, or, like, you know, this, like, oh, even this notion of, like, life-building in the way that you conceive of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm very much, like, don't necessarily see the the project that is like, you know, sort of like building your community as having like the level of structure that I feel like you do. Yeah. Which is interesting because I felt like is the opposite before. I felt like before <laughs> you were a much more kind of happy-go-lucky, like, oh, we'll see what happens type of person, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've definitely swapped in that way. I mean, yeah, I'm still not like I'm still not set into hard lines of what my life has to look like, you yeah. know, I'm just building an idea of it. And well i think
1: that's like the kind of exciting part about being at the particular point in our lives that we're in in your like late 20s yeah you know as
0: soon as it's not going to be an idea as soon i'm going to have to start building right. <laughs> and that's going to come with its own complications yeah you know? um yeah that's a great point
1: right because like i bet like even though we're going through this kind of like at least like i'm going through this level of angst of like <laughs> okay like you know what is this gonna be i do think that there is this excitement that comes with like it's like a creative thing right it is
0: i mean (laughs) you know and (laughs) as pieces have fallen into place i've been able to feel more excited about it but i mean this is this is the very same issue that used to give me a ton of anxiety
1: right right right. and that's the thing i i wonder if once we like start that's like what a midlife crisis is, right? Is like building it and then me like, oh shit, what did I build? Yeah, I want this, this thing. I don't right? want
0: this, right? Like this yeah. is ridiculous. But I, but I even think that in like in the scenario that like we're we as in me and my primary partner and you know I am building for myself is like bill I'm trying to build in more leeway for that kind of shit to happen, right? Like what kind of shit? The unexpected, like not mm-hmm. wanting this yeah. anymore, like you know whatever or or like outlets. I think mm-hmm. that the reason a lot of like life building doesn't work for monogamous people is like they didn't build in any outlets for themselves, right? It's like Well
1: also the types of things that you start getting like the decisions you're making later in life are less undoable. Once you buy a house, yeah, you know that's, it's that's, fucking that's an asset, difficult. Yeah. Or once you have a kid, like you can't just give the kid back, right? Like Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And that yeah and all that stuff is still like is still pretty intimidating to me but right you know i look at the person that i'm like seeing the considering doing this with and i'm like yeah i think we could pull this off um and if we don't then we get divorced i don't know yeah you know and it doesn't have to be that big i feel like if you're going to make one thing like considering marriage as a polyamorous person i'm finding it that i just like i want to tear it all down like i don't like none of this is important you know like Mm-hmm. in the sense of like i don't think that divorce has to be as, as big of a taboo as it, as it is well right? like, the
1: one the one situation i know of in which it w- has been like i mean actually i think it depends obviously on like what stage of life you're in but having to hire divorce lawyers and like you know if you have commingled your income that's yeah. a fucking nightmare that's a, yeah. it's a nightmare right for sure. <laughs> and
0: like you know you have to be separated in some states for a certain amount of time before you can get right. legally divorced and like so it's not that easy it's much easier to get married than to get divorced that's pretty that's very frank but you know god i mean like you're always taking a chance like on the person that you're seeing you're like damn i hope this person when they get like if things get nasty i hope they're not gonna fuck me over and like i
1: right i have a friend right now who's like literally in the process of hiring a lawyer for his prenup and it's just like, oh, shit. Like, I have to worry about all of these, like, potential nasty <laughs> scenarios now. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. Honestly, she has a lot more to lose than me, dog. She mm-hmm. has she has familial wealth.
1: Well, then maybe, like, you're going to get served some papers, too. <laughs> 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 Who knows?
0: <laughs> um, And, man, it's weird. It's weird holding these two things. Because, like, I... I, you know, I'm seeing maybe this like future where like maybe I get married for myself, but I also still really feel like I'm trying to fuck, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm really trying to get nasty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's been nice existing in a realm where those two things don't feel like they're at odds.
1: Well, see, the thing is like when, you know, you talk about, I, I mean, regardless of like, you know, what we think about, like what it should mean. You're probably right about it. People being a little bit more hesitant about yeah, wanting to that's the have only sex thing. with a married man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I don't right? think, Yeah. So before, as when I were recording this episode, we were talking about you know the potential of me getting married and if that would make certain people that I want to have sex with less attracted to me, and <laughs> or like make me seem like a less viable sex partner. And for some reason, I really feel like the answer is yes. But like mm-hmm. you know. Everyone in this in the scenario knows exactly what my situation is, but it mm-hmm. just feels like if if I get that label, then I'm going to I feel like I'm going to be less. A less viable, casual sex partner.
1: I mean, not going to lie, if I hear someone is married, right, it just is really not sexy to me. Like,
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, but you have a thing. You have a complex. I, mean, around I have this a complex
1: around marriage for sure. I mean, I literally just associate it with those like. You know like those sort of like newspapery like 1950s ads of like the woman with a long skirt like you know making dinner for her husband as he walks in the door yeah. with a briefcase. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's literally what I think of when I think of marriage. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Cuz I feel like even with the the even like the most toxically monogamous person does not think of marriage that way nowadays.
1: <laughs> well, well I think The reason. Well, I don't necessarily think that's true because I feel like that was sort of an era in which they were really trying to sell people on marriage and domesticity. And we're not in an era like that anymore. So we don't have like new imagery to sort of replace that.
2: You know Uh what I mean? Yeah. Because
1: like, you know, when in the media. Have you ever seen some hot swingers like, you know, like being like, oh, yeah. like, these are the sex icons of 2021, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I really I think we, we talked about this before, too. But uh, yeah, I'm really tired of being on the cutting edge of shit with this, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I would love some guidance and some role models in this in this area.
1: Oh, my God. That's the thing. Right. It's like I would be so appreciative, like, it's, you know, just Which is why it's like, you know, I've started following all of these, like, you know, Instagram accounts on polyamory, but there's so few of them, right? And it's sort of like... And it can look in so so many different ways. It would be so amazing if we could just have, you know, maybe not an equal number, but like some significant number of like TV shows or something where, you know, people were out here navigating their polyamorous relationships in a healthy way, Yeah, you know?
0: It would be really dope to have some precedent. And to be fair, I haven't like looked that hard for precedent, but... Mm. It's not slapping me in the face like every other thing is, right? Like all the monogamous shit is. But damn, I mean, like, so what do you, you know, going forward in your issue, like, what do you think your role is as your partner tries to figure out how he feels about you getting dicked down?
1: Well, here's the thing. I think that one thing that would be really help. we're going through basically a period of like definition of like, well, okay, let's sit down. And it's sort of like in the same way, I think that you're kind of doing the same thing is sitting down and be like okay what does like what do all of these things really mean to me what does this really look like to me like what do i appreciate about romantic relationships what do i not appreciate about the way you know romantic relationships typically are in our society and what elements do i want to in a really specific way right do i believe that like you know primacy means like you have to sleep with me most nights of the week you know does it mean that you know we i mean I have a friend who is similarly going through like trying to transition into polyamory and he's going through a couples counselor and they literally don't have sex at all. And they're like, yeah, maybe we should just completely decouple our sex life from our romantic life. And maybe that's a totally viable thing. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I really feel like this is a blessing and a curse, right? Like being non- non-monogamous allows you to really build your life romantically and sometimes not romantically exactly how you want it.
1: Because here's the thing, like on the one hand, right, like it's definitely like, you know, threatening that I am like, you know, out here, like having all the sex. But actually the thing that feels even more of a big deal to me is the fact that like we're going through this period of like relationship sort of hardship together And that process of figuring it out and figuring out how we're going to figure out, like, you know, how to deal with adversity seems so much more obviously important to me than the actual sex itself.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, this is like, yeah, you're defining, you're defining terms for your relationship.
1: Because that's what makes for a sustainable relationship is like, how do you deal with like the bad shit that's inevitably going to happen? Right. Yeah. So much more than in my mind, like, oh, how sexually attracted are you to each other or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. Especially because you two are moving in a direction generally where your relationship is less dependent and defined by sex.
1: Yeah. And so it's a question of like, is that the thing that's actually interesting about polyamory is that I feel like, you know, polyamory makes your relationship more resilient to things. Right. Because like in a normal monogamous relationship, you're like, oh, you cheated. It's over. Right. Oh, this thing, bad thing happened. It's over. Right. And that to me at this point in my life feels almost like juvenile to be like, that's just like, you're just you're just totally just avoiding having to work through anything in a way that I think very like many, many people in our parent generation just never figured out how to do, how to work through shit. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's because a lot of the problems were like, yeah, they were centered around. Is this the person I want to be with forever?
1: Right. And it's like, if it's that question, then like, obviously like you're just, you're just playing a different game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so then the question is like, okay, But, like, if we're committed to this notion of, like, working through things, is there even such a thing as a deal breaker? You know? Like, is there anything that I literally won't put up with?
0: Yeah, and I think that you find that the answer, yeah, it gets blurrier and blurrier.
1: Yeah. I've talked,
0: talked, I I think I've talked about you with this, talked about this with you offline, about how it does feel much harder to break up with someone if you're non-monogamous. Right. Because, like, you know it makes a lot more sense to just shift them around somehow or shift the relationship around somehow because like you're not you know we're not playing this weird game of opportunity cost like time wasted or time that's spent with someone that you're not going to marry is not time wasted so yeah in that way it definitely increases resiliency but it blurs lines and makes and like makes calls kind of tough you know
1: right because it's sort of like oh like you know if my partner wants to do this other thing am I just gonna like be a little bitch and like you know be like okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and just like not like you know sort of like I don't know like stand up for myself like obviously that's not the case but it's sort of like yeah I'm genuinely working through like is there anything that feels like it would be really like I couldn't handle
2: yeah if it happened in my relationship
1: and I don't know like, yep. I really, I I mean, to me, I don't really think so. I mean, I, like, I mean, just just obviously, like, within the bounds of, like, knowing who my partner is and that we share, like, you know, most of our values and, like, you know, we're generally good people. Yeah, right?
0: I was going to say, like, if, for example, if somehow, like, one of my partners became, like, a chronic liar, I wouldn't put up with mm-hmm. that. But, like, I know that to be not in their character. So I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I've already screened
1: for that by dating them. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's sort of like. Like what if something's super crazy? like if they became like super addicted to drugs and then like, you know, like didn't make any money and was just relying on me for like their finance. I don't know. Like I just those those types of things seem just like totally outside the realm of reality for me. So it's yeah. sort of like, is there anything that is within the realm of like potential things that could happen that would be a deal breaker? And I don't I really like I'm grappling with like that question. I really don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I have a question for you, which is that like, you know, I think that flexibility to to more issues only works if you're like actually willing to restructure that relationship and do you think that that is a thing like are you are you willing to consider that like you know restructuring like i don't know your living arrangement or like you know like get the frequency in which you go have sex with people or like whatever that kind of stuff
1: yeah that's the thing is that i like maybe the thing is, yeah, again, like, I don't really like being told what to do. Yeah. And so, like, like, yeah, it's hard to figure out what is an actual, like, something that I feel is an infringement of my autonomy. Because, like, there is a part of me that does feel this kind of, like, bitter resentment of, like, oh, like, why is every, it seems to me so much, like, so much of the way relationships are designed is to, like, literally control women. Right. Yeah. And I have this sort of, like, feminist, like, resentment about it in a way yeah. that i definitely probably shouldn't i mean it's probably too far from an ideological standpoint <laughs> but like i really that yeah that's just what we're going to have to figure out i don't know
0: <laughs> i think it's really interesting how you and I like so we live very different like polyamorous lives, right? You and I, but and it seems like we've been like shifting and oscillating back and forth on like in these stages. Yeah. Um. yeah like, kind of keeping similar values, and I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How like the kind of the paradox of like decolonizing marriage has made me more interested in marriage as a whole.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Some weird shit happening here.
1: Yeah. You know, it'll be a real interesting episode as if either of us like actually break up because because of like all the stuff that we've been talking about today, right? Like.
0: Oh my God, yeah. We'll
1: yeah. know. We'll know what the deal breaker was. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I feel like a lot of stuff is literally just random, you know? like It's so, so situational. My, right. Like, I, I honestly feel like so much of like my impulses of like, oh fuck, I need to be having like all the sex. It just feels like random. Like, sometimes I just don't feel like that. And it's just like, I can't explain why, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I literally get these urges. I think I've tried to like attach them to like when I feel very like when I feel too adult or too structured, I'm like, oh man, I have to go like sex somebody or I have to go like, I have to go like try and hook up with somebody or whatever. But yeah, they're pretty random. And yeah, but they, I and mean, it's sort of like they, relationships
1: are at this nexus of your emotional self and your rationalizing self. Right. Yeah. And because, you just like, can't control. There's no the other thing
0: self. that like, intersects in a way that you have to like you know make you have to make decisions around this thing in in, right. in a way that you don't have to make that n- nothing else really intersects in your life that way right like
1: right if i have to change on hand, at
0: work it only affects me from nine to five
1: right and like on the one hand you talk about like you know oh like life building and stuff but like what if you one day like you you do all this stuff and then one day you just fall out of love
0: yeah you know that would suck and it's possible yeah
2: it totally is
1: <laughs>
0: But right? I, th- I think maybe I'm less likely because I don't believe in being in love, quote unquote. But,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it still seems possible. And but I, even like, if
1: you're just like, oh, I'm fucking sick of this person now, you know? Yeah.
0: And like, I have not forgotten that at any point in time, my my PA partner could do the fucking exact same thing and be like, I actually don't want to do this, dude. Yeah. And you have no choice it's about to say, right. Uh, all right, bet. Cool. I guess this is over then.
1: Right. That's what's so scary about like, you know, that is one of the things I think puts romantic relationships in a different space is like as normal friendships. Right. You don't have that level of anxiety around your friendships, like suddenly just being like, oh, just kidding. Like, we're not gonna do this big, you know, financial thing together or like, you know, have kids together or whatever it is. Right.
0: Yeah. The biggest financial and that's what I make with my friends is like, are we going to go to Italy next summer? Yeah. You know. And that that's like much less consequential.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: <sighs> All right, I never I never really know what to do, how to close out a solo episode.
1: Yeah, I don't think it has to be that important. We can just end it. All
0: right. Well, uh, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Gmail. That's our Instagram. That's our Twitter. Um, hit us up. Send us some shit. Uh, let us know. Bye.